0: Priceless perspective. Priceless perspective. Priceless perspective.
1: Priceless perspective Welcome to A Priceless Perspective. I'm your hostess, Nicole Steele, and I've invited a very special young lady to join me today as co-host. Her name is Brianna McGee, and I've had the pleasure of working with her over the past four years through her participation in Diamond in the Rough. She's a sharp young lady and a great leader among her peers. Welcome to the show, Miss Brianna. Hi. Now, our special guest today is someone who has come highly recommended by you, Brianna. Her name is Noni Carter, and she's an accomplished classical pianist, a poet, and an award-winning author. A current graduate of Harvard University, our 22-year-old guest has achieved success that many aspire to reach. In addition to her magnificent accomplishments, she is a true inspiration to women and girls of all ages. Welcome to the show, Miss Noni Carter.
2: Thank you for inviting me.
1: Well, I'm going to invite Brianna to join me in asking you a series of questions that will help our listeners learn more about the incredible things that you're doing at such a young age. Let's start by having you share a little bit about yourself and what and who inspires you.
2: Sure, of course. So again, my name is Noni Carter. Recent graduate of Harvard University. Um, excited about the direction that my life is moving. Also, novelist. Um, and uh, one of the things and I think that's most important for me in my life, people who inspire me, I have to begin with my parents, because ever since I was young, um, they're the ones who have always pushed me in the directions I needed to go to understand where my passions lay. They understood that pushing a child towards uh, the place where they, you know, the, the things that they love to do for me, that was writing, that was swimming, that was dancing, um, would really help them learn the tools that they needed. My mom's there for the emotional support, my father for the disciplinary and things, so um, those definitely two inspirations in my life. But of course, aside from that, there's so many um, authors, you know, that inspire me in terms of my spiritual journey, which is really at the center of my life, person. Um, and of course, you have the big names, you know, the, the leaders of the world who um, have inspired me, such as, you know, Nelson Mandela, Anson Suki. There's Malala, who we hear about in the news quite often, who's on a quest for education in the world for females, um, which is a really big passion of mine in the world, so you know, all these individuals, and, of course, all the teachers um, that have come along on my path who have inspired me towards learning my goals, my passions, and my dreams. So, so many people on the list, and people I haven't listed. But um, one of the things that it's important to me is to understand as I move along every year of my life to pick out the individuals who are inspirational, to, to make an offering to them in terms of being grateful and to understand the lessons that they teach so I can continue to move forward in Boston.
1: Now, did you always dream of attending Harvard and of being an author, or is it something that just happened?
2: Uh, well, as I said with my parents, ever since we were younger, they kind of pushed us in the directions that um, they paid attention to where our passions were. But education was always important in our family. My father attended Harvard University, but it was never something in the house for us as young people. We had two little sisters and a brother where uh, we really needed to go. My brother went to Morehouse, and by the time I graduated, um, I was really interested in that point in my music as a classical piano. So I applied to plenty of um, piano programs. I applied to Harvard as well, talked to some of his roommates, who really inspired me to understand that the resources that I had at Harvard University would really allow me to do what I wanted to do as an individual who loves to write, who also loves to play piano, who also loves to speak to young people, um, who has all these passions. So it hasn't always been... um, you know in my in my head to go to Harvard University, but I kind of just in that in that direction and i I really appreciate that choice um in terms of being an author i I think that the story I tell quite frequently is when I graduated from kindergarten, one of my uh most important teachers who I'm still in touch with today she she gave me as a gift a journal which at that moment, six years old, she told me to never stop writing because it was a gift that I had, so I think that's kind of the moment where I really You know, honed in on that gift of writing, and I've never stopped since then. I I wrote a lot of short stories uh, in elementary and middle school, and that turned into uh, short novels when I was in uh, middle school and high school. And um, one of those turned into my first debut novel with Simon Schuster, which was Good Fortune.
1: All right. Well, we're going to be talking about good fortune in detail, but before we do, what were some of the biggest challenges or obstacles that you faced growing up, and how did you overcome those obstacles?
2: I think that's a great question. One of the things with me um, that I still work on that I've definitely gotten better with is is really finding the confidence that I needed, find my voice, and to put my voice out there for others to hear so then I'm sure other people, you know, know, know what it means to have a voice that you don't trust in it. You know, you hear other people's opinions and you see other people who are doing, you know, amazing things. Um, and you have to find it within yourself, within your gut, to trust that voice of yours and to put it out there for others to hear. So um, that's one of the things that I... Um, I, because I, I'm, I'm a very, you know, there's a, I'm a dual side, I'm a Gemini, so there's a side of myself that's very social that loves that part, loves writing and, and putting that out there. But there's another part of me that's very personal. I love being my personal thoughts to myself. So that's that's something that I've navigated throughout the years, and um, my spiritual work has definitely helped me with that. Understanding that if we're guided by purpose and uh, instead of by the voices of the outside world, then we'll always you know, be able to follow a passion and and put out there in the world something that will inspire somebody else. Um, That's something I heard from my mother all the time and and something that really pushed me to get my book with Good Fortune published and to do the things that I'm able to do now. So that's one of them. And what else is, I mean, I can talk about challenges with with writing Good Fortune. You know, there's there's always the moments where, you know, I'd read other books, other books similar to Good Fortune or writers that I just adore, like Tananarive do, Um, And you'd say to yourself, you know, I'm never going to be this kind of writer. But um, with practice and dedication, uh, of course, anybody can get there and achieve that goal. So that's that's another thing I can talk about now. But when you're in it, you don't necessarily see the end. So um, learning how to stick with something, stick to it, as my mom would say, Um, learning perseverance and the ability to put in the work it takes um, was, was something that was really big growing up for me as well.
0: Now, Ms. Noni, this is Bree. It's mm-hmm. really good to see you. You and too, as well. Uh, what challenges did you face as a Harvard scholar?
2: That's a great question. Um, <laughs> one of the challenges, uh, of course, which, you know, many people wouldn't say, is is trying to figure out, trying to navigate your way through all of the resources that are there. So as a college student, especially as a freshman, it's kind of overwhelming. There's, you know, 200 to 500 different clubs you can join. There's so many different directions that you can move in. And as a young 18, 19-year-old who doesn't necessarily know where she or he wants to go in the world, that can really be overwhelming. Um, And I think coming into Harvard as an individual who is really motivated and then being surrounded by other students who are also motivated in the same kind of ways, um, that can be a little bit, uh, you know, hard to navigate through. So that was one of the things, especially at the beginning um, you know everybody's trying to get the good grades, everybody's trying to do the right things and in college, anywhere in college, but especially you know at my school, really being able to find your individual voice within that and to find your purpose that might not be driven by money that might not be driven by um quote unquote success uh was something that uh, I really had to look inside of myself to find, especially at a place at Harvard, you know especially with friends and students who are graduating and going into fields where they're making a lot of money and for me I want to be a writer, you know, so it's it's learning how to balance those questions and find your individual voice. I think that's one of the challenges that I faced. Um there's of course other things. There's challenging classes, you know, like any other college, it's learning to be away from home. I'm originally from Atlanta. Um the school's up in Boston. It was my first long period of time in you know, away from home, learning myself, not being able to go home, you know, when I wanted to so you know, I think any challenges, like some people put in their heads that Harvard University is this this large place where students go who are not like themselves. And for me, it was a college experience like any other college experience with all the lessons and the mistakes um, of any other college.
0: How have you been able to achieve so many of your personal goals?
2: That's a great question. I It's, it's still something that I wake up wondering to myself, especially um, looking at the goals that I hope to accomplish in the future. But I really think I'm guided by the same kind of forces that, that guided me to write the book, which is my ancestors who are there, whose backs that I definitely stand on. Um, you know, there's not a day a week that passes where I I don't understand and recognize the presence within my life, what they've done to put me in the place that I'm I'm able to be in. I agree with the saying that to whom much is given, much is expected, so for me, you know, if I if I have a passion and the ability and the resources to accomplish something, I don't have an excuse not to do so. Um, and with that kind of mantra in the back of my mind, no matter what kind of obstacles I face, um, any of the goals that I want to achieve, I know they can be achieved. It's just a matter of figuring out how to, you know, put the pieces in place in order to do that. Um, so that's one of the biggest things. Um, another thing, and I kind of mentioned this with, With confidence is kind of weeding away the voices of others and figuring out exactly what my heart is telling me to do, which is hard because, especially at a place like Harvard, or you know, you're surrounded by people who are are motivated by things that you might not be motivated by. um, It's really easy to get caught up in another person's vision of your life. And for me, some of the things that I accomplished would not have been accomplished if I, you know, listened to other people rather than Sitting down at night, listening to my heart, and following that. Um, so that's another big thing. Also, I think Brianna. I, I spoke at Brianna's school. We talked about. Uh, I don't know if it was three E's or five E's at that point, but the the five E's of excellence, which is emancipation, education, earnestness, expression, and excellence. And uh, for me, those 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 five E's are the are the driving point of my life. You know, emancipating yourself, freeing yourself from from the doubts that hold you back and that everybody has, you know, but finding a way to move beyond those and to reach your goals besides that, you know, education, understanding that we're lifelong learners, that I don't know everything and it's important to continue, continually learn, you know, go find the things I'm passionate about and research about it. Um, Expression, which is uh, significant for me, especially as a writer, um, being, you know, convinced and, and um, inspired to put my voice out there, which is big for me. Um, and the others, you know, there's excellence. Um, but anyhow, those, those are the five years that I'm guided by, and that's kind of what allows me to keep moving forward.
1: Well, let's let's talk about your book, Good Fortune. I understand mm-hmm. it's been compared to Alex Haley's novel, Roots. Can mm-hmm. you share and provide our listeners with a little background Uh, Tell us about the characters and about the storyline.
2: Sure, of course. So, um, just to give a a context, Good Fortune, uh, the book was, I started the book when I was 11 or 12. That's when the idea came along. Uh, My great aunt of the family sat us all down uh, when we had a a family reunion and, and started telling us some of the stories of our our ancestors, and um, I remember there was one story I was really touched by. It was the story of my great-great-grandmother, and it was Grandmother Rose, and um, she was a slave at the beginning of her life, um, ended up becoming free, but when she was young, she watched her mother's fold away from her. Now, at that time, I was 11 or 12, and I had already started a short story about, um, about slavery, looking at the life of a young woman, um, a, a young woman kind of going through emotions of slavery, questioning what it meant, what it felt like to be in that. Um, I'd already been doing a lot of research about, you know, my own family and what, what slavery was during that period of time. It was just a personal passion. So um, I think on that night, I ran upstairs, tears running down my eyes, and I looked at the story, I looked at my computer, and I felt within me this, this need to kind of write the story and share with young people around me who didn't really know the history um the or the spirit of my great-great-grandmother. It's not necessarily her story, but her spirit drives the book forward. So um, that's where Good Fortune started. And um, basically what the story is now, it's the story of a young woman named Anna who is stolen from her homeland in Africa. She's shipped to a plantation in Tennessee in Part 1. Uh, part 1 follows her life on the plantation and the different struggles uh, that she goes through as a young woman of color on the plantation. She works in the house. Um, she has a um a, her mother on the plantation her real mother's killed in Africa, but um her mother on the plantation kind of guides kind of guides her through uh the phases of growing up she faces um different things within the household the the master's son um you know has advances on her and there's just just different have been, like, on a plantation for a young woman. Um, there's a subtle love story that's in there. I'm not going to give that away, uh, but that's one of the main characters of the story um, that is introduced in the beginning. There's Daniel, her brother, who's, I guess, modeled after my big brother. He's such a, a, a large and inspirational character within the story. Um, so that's kind of part one. Part two, Anna escapes from a plantation and walks through um, her fear of running away, what that meant, what that looked like, what that felt like. Um, and then in Part 3, she reaches freedom in Ohio. And uh, her goal, she's she's driven by this desire to learn, to be able to read and write, and then to also share that with other young people throughout the rest of her life. When she reaches Ohio, she realizes that there are no schools for African-American people, for African-American children. Um, and she'll kind of look and navigate through her struggles with that in terms of how to learn how to read and write. Back on the plantation, she would sneak around and find newspapers and and teach herself how to read and that was legal, Um, but in Ohio, she looks for um, a place where she can actually uh, educate herself, Um, and then there's, of course, other struggles that that surround the question of freedom, you look at the community, the black community, what the black community went through during this time period, early 1800s in Ohio, and there's, again, that that subtle love story, so those are my characters, Uh, there's, you know, other characters that are in the book, I'm not going to give anything else away, but i a out of
0: of good fortune. What influenced you to write the novel Good Fortune? Okay, so
2: Good Fortune was influenced um, again by that story of my great 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 grandmother, who, um, like I said, I think th- th- throughout the book, throughout the process of writing, I, I know she was there, kind of working with me through uh, the difficult scenes, through the hard moments. Um, if you read the book, you'll there's there's definitely scenes that'll really make you break down especially you know individuals who can remember family members that they've heard about who have gone through this um there are things that are really hard and I've been asked the question you know how did you write this how did you get through this as a 15 year old I think um again my great 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 grandmother who's no longer with us but who um was there I think in spirit influenced me to write that and was with me throughout the entire story also um and this is why I I take the book around and we we talk about the importance of history and education in school systems. So um, one of the things kind of my editor uh, really emphasized was this need to make education a big deal within the book um, and convince us in this contemporary age to apply these lessons of education that we can take from history, from our ancestors, um, from the people who got us where we are today, um, and we can apply that to now in the 21st century. How can we as young people learn from the stories of the past and remember them um, and forgive, but remember, you know, which is important. There's a uh, West African symbol, the Sankofa bird, who flies forward but looks back. And that's kind of what guides, um, I think, my my um, the inspiration behind this story, which is being able to move forward in our communities, but knowing that moving forward is rooted in understanding Where we come from in our past. Do you plan on writing another novel? I do. I'm actually uh, working on a new, two new novels now. Um, I can't say much about them, but I'm definitely working on those. And uh, like I said, writing is is my passion. Even though I'm inspired to do other things, I uh, graduated in history and literature and African American studies, focusing on French or Francophone Caribbean history and literature. So. That's kind of something that I I want to explore. I want to research. I want to write about. Um, And I'm I'm interested in education as well. I'm interested in in public health. But um, writing is definitely my art. It's like piano. And um, I will will forever be writing and and writing these novels. So, yes, I'm working on a second and third novel, and we'll see when those are released.
1: What do you believe is your greatest accomplishment thus far? Is it... Being a an award-winning author and novelist, is it graduating from Harvard? Is it being able to impact the lives of young people around the country? What is if you could narrow it down to one greatest accomplishment? What would that be?
2: That's really interesting. because I ask myself this question when I uh, when I focus on kind of my spiritual journey, which underlies. Everything that I do, and if I had to talk about um, materially, materially, what inspires me the most, it's definitely my my ability to touch and speak to the hearts of young people. Um, because for me, uh, you know, the young people are our vision of the future. And for me, if I can reach young women and um, give them the the, the the direction and the drive that I've had growing up, um, that would mean the world to me. That that that's my Purpose here, I believe. Um, so on a material side, I, th- I think that's it. You know, these these other things in life, um, I think, will guide me and give me the tools that I need to continue, continually make an impact. Which is why they're important to me: the publishing of the books, graduating from a university. Um, but I think that purpose is is what's most important to me. Um, on a spiritual level, I I I find that. Um, in, in reading a lot of these books, I I really believe that there's if, if you work on yourself, if we work on our spiritual selves, everything else around us will fall into place, our ability to impact our communities, our ability to put into our lives um, the different things that we might, might want to accomplish, like uh, me graduating from Harvard or, or getting a degree um, in a Ph.D. program. So another, I think, personal um, accomplishment that I'm proud of is is my ability to prioritize work on my spiritual self, which is, is it's difficult when you're in a situation, especially at Harvard, where, you know, you have papers to write, you have things to do constantly, and it's, it's hard sometimes to slow down and say, okay, I need time to put myself back into balance. Um, but I, w- I know, you know, and I, I, I speak to, to young people about this, I know that I wouldn't be able to do all of these things if I'm not centered in myself, if I don't prioritize purpose. Without balance, I wouldn't be able to complete anything. So personally, I think, you know, learning that and and the more I prioritize this personal spiritual journey, that's one of the biggest accomplishments uh, for me.
0: What else do you hope to accomplish?
2: Oh, my goodness, so many things. I have a long, long list. uh, But, you know, looking at immediate goals, I'm, of course, interested in publishing a couple of other books Trying out different genres um, and reaching as many young people as possible. I would love to do an international motivational speaking circuit. Um, I've done several schools, or over 30 schools in the U.S. between Atlanta and Boston, uh, but and I've spoken in Kenya to several different schools and spoken in Paris, um, and I'll be hopefully working in a couple of schools in the Caribbean um, this upcoming year. So consistently building that up, but I would just I would love to be able to find linkages between young woman in different parts of the world um, and kind of place that inspiration and that vision um, and that excitement for life into my writing. So that's just kind of a, you know, a long-term goal for me. Um, of course, writing books that will inspire, that will challenge individuals to question their own journey, their own place um, within the world. It's definitely one of my goals. Um, another smaller one we, I don't really talk about, I have two younger sisters who are very, very talented. Um, My middle sister is a junior, upcoming junior at Harvard, and my little sister is an upcoming sophomore at Boston University. Uh, But they're also very talented. Uh, We all play music. My little sister is a singer-songwriter. She writes, um, check her out. I'll put that in there. Her name is Dara Carter. She writes very inspirational um, kind of R&B, neo-soul songs that she performs around Atlanta. And my middle sister is very business-minded. So with the three of us, we have a, a group, called The Three Keys of Class, um, where we hope to set up a nonprofit later and write TV shows and um, inspirational music. We're working on a CD for young people that um, will really kind of teach the things that we know and that we grew up with to young people uh, to carry them on their paths. So that's a big goal of mine as well. Um, Also personally, getting my Ph.D. in a couple of of years and uh, to continue to travel around the world.
1: That is fantastic. Now, how can our listeners purchase your book, Good Fortune, and get in contact with you perhaps for a book signing or if they were looking for speakers to come in and speak to their youth at their church, at their schools, community centers? How can they get in contact with you?
2: So you can – the book is is published by Simon & Schuster. It came out January of 2010. So you can find the book pretty much at any large – distributing company, book company, uh, Amazon, Google on Amazon, or Barnes & Nobles, um, Borders, any of the kind of major book companies, you can find the book. I also have a website um, that will be updated soon. It's Um And there you can either click on a link to purchase the book or contact me or check out the things that um, I'll be doing in the, in the upcoming years. Um, hopefully, we'll have... In the next year, I want to do a, a competition for young girls to kind of put their writing out there, their poetry, their short stories, um, and feature an individual every every month or so. So look for that. That should be coming soon. But yes, you can get in touch with me through that. My email address is, is Noni Carter, no, N-I-C-A-R-T-E-R 952 at com. And um, in the upcoming year, that's probably the easiest way to get in touch with me because I Will be on fellowship for a full year working in the Caribbean. But um, besides that, I would I would love to hear from people and, and talk. It's cool. Oh, it's the, the favorite, my favorite thing I love to do, um, and continue to inspire through my writing and my my speaking.
1: Very good. Well, I'd like to thank you. Miss Noni Carter for joining us here on A Priceless Perspective. And an extra special thank you to you, my fabulous co hostess, Miss Brianna McGee. I wish you both continued success.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. This show has been brought to you in part by Simon and the Rough Youth Development Program Incorporated and Jim Makers LLC.